Hello everyone and welcome to the second edition of the Manchester United Rumours.co.uk podcast. Uh, first of all, I'd like to apologise for not being able to get one out sooner with a few things going on and me and Tony have not been able to get it together as quick as we'd like to, but we're here now. So we've got a lot to talk about today and I think it will be a very interesting podcast and make for a good listen. So let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast, AJH. Hi Chris, how are you doing? I'm brilliant, mate. Thank you very much. Yourself? Yeah, good. Particularly um, after we've just gone top of the table. Oh, crisis, mate. LVGL. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I said to you earlier on, this is the sort of crisis that I want, you know. <laughs> it's much better than that Moyes crisis we had about two years ago, that's for sure. Yeah, well, we're all waiting with bated breath for uh, Beast and Maze's latest updates on the game. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Uh, right, uh, so w- what, what do you make of the performances so far this season? Um, I guess they've been pretty solid but unspectacular. So if you think about all the new signings, they all seem to have settled in well. Um, but actually, we've got three or four new players in the first team. If you put in Luke Shaw as well, who didn't really play at all last year, that's half the outfield players who are effectively new to each other. Yeah. So I know we'll, we'll get into style in a bit, but you know you can't argue. Seven games in, top of the table, pretty uh, solid is the best word, I think. Certainly not exciting, but... You know, I'd take that after seven games right now. Solid if unconvincing, I'd say. Yeah. We don't we don't look like we're going to concede many, but I mean what I will say is we, we I did mention in the last podcast that I thought personally that at the beginning of the season, you're always going to get players coming back at various stages of fitness, and some have played more over the summer than others. And once you do get those players up to scratch and up to full fitness, hopefully the goals will come. And I think it has been proven recently. We have, I think, we, what would be our goal average in the last four or five games, maybe two and a half a game or something? Yeah, it's funny because I think last year and this year, everybody's been banging on about the lack of centre backs and we're all doomed and blind is a nightmare and so on. But actually, conceding goals have not been an issue. We had the fourth best defensive record last year. We conceded one more goal than Arsenal in the Premier League, the renowned for being pretty tight at the back. And this year, after seven games, we've conceded five goals, which is the same as Spurs and Everton. Uh, and would you believe Watford? No one else has conceded fewer. So our issue last year and up to the last couple of games this year, it's just been not creating enough chances and not scoring enough goals. I, I totally agree. And what I mean, obviously, we're going to the style part now, and this sort of feeds into that. It's I, I noticed a massive change last season after we played Leicester five three. I thought before that we looked like we were scoring loads of goals, but we were conceding a load of chances as well. And I thought Louis van Gaal, I don't know, that might have shook him a little bit. And we seemed to go really defensive and all of a sudden we weren't creating chances and we weren't scoring any goals. We weren't conceding any, like you say, but we just weren't conceding, we weren't scoring them ourselves. And this is the style thing that I want to get on with you, onto you about now. I mean, it's, it's you you said something a couple of weeks ago where you said untraditional. Uh, would you... Yeah. Can you sort of go into that a little bit? What's untraditional about well, it? I guess, so I'm a, I'm a bit older than you, Chris, a bit. Um, so I, I started following United in 75 when we were in the second division. Um, and here's a strange little stat here. We got promoted that year with uh, Aston Villa and Norwich. And when we eventually won the league in 93, I guess they were second and third. Aston was it Aston Villa? Villa? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, isn't that spooky? So I, I remember 75, 76 and the Tommy Doherty with two flying wingers. Um, and it was it was fast, it was dynamic, and that it's kind of a West Ham thing and a Tottenham thing as well. I think their fans would say the same that they want to play football a certain way, um, and it's important to them. Um, now we had the Dave Sexton years, which were utterly appalling. 
he was he was a great coach, but he I guess it was a bit like Van Halen. He was really into his methodologies, and it was just awful. Um, and after he went, well, Atkinson came, and then again he went back to wingers. And it was fast paced, and it's the United way. We're going to score more goals than you. So if you look at what Louis doing, let's be fair, it's a bit dull. And yeah. Oh yeah. It's hard to watch. And, you know, keeping the ball is fine, but if you just pass it about endlessly in your own half, then it's incredibly boring. And there was a couple of examples today, and, and, you know, everyone who watches games will know this. We get a throw in near the opposition's goal line, and somehow it gets passed back to our goalie. And I really don't understand that. We'll get a free kick that's perhaps just a little too far out for a shot. So we'll take a quick free kick um, and just pass it around instead of thinking, actually, let's try something different. Let's let's test the keeper. Let's put the ball in the box. Let's see what the defence are made of. A bit more so, direct. Yeah. I, I, um, a friend of mine gave me a season ticket for a few games recently, so I managed to, to get down there because it's not something I do as often as I did. And instead of watching the game, I kind of just watched what was going on. And the amount of times Carrick looked up and couldn't see anyone to pass to because there was no movement, I think that was the issue. So you've got Depay and Marshall who've got huge pace. Um, and they just need to create space and offer options. So if, if the midfield are looking up and they've got no one to pass to, I think Van Harver's kind of drummed it into them. Right, you don't take any risks. You have to be careful. And therefore, people are scared of playing those risky balls. Um, we saw Blin today play a stunner of a ball, but there's not enough of those. So, you know, 55 passes, great. Nothing's happening. You know, you can you can go and get a pie and go to the loo and come back and they're still passing the ball around. <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess it's a fine line, though. So, you know, Matt's goal after 44, 45 passes, if you include the, include the post, was, was a stunning goal. Yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? It's one of those. Yeah. If, it, if there's a goal at the end of it, it's great play and it's an amazing goal. But if it's 44 passes and then it ends with a throw-in for the other team, it's un- it's just, untra- well, like you say, it's untraditional and it's boring. It's very, very boring. It- well, occasionally it's had 44 passes and gone back to the goalie and De Gea's just hoofed it up the pitch. And you think, well, that was a bit of a waste of time, really. And I'm not suggesting for one minute you stick Bellini up front and, and hoof the ball up, but... Um, I guess we'll get into individual players in a bit, but if you look at the difference that Martial's made since he came, he gets the ball, he runs at players. Even Valencia today at fullback seemed to be trying to do that. And I think we were expecting that at Depay, and yet we're yet to see it really. He's got he's got the kind of matter approach of get the ball, cut back in onto your good foot. Well, I understand why we do that, but that's just going to stop pace and that's going to stop penetration. Um, and that just leads to this kind of turgid pass the ball around, which... I think there was a big debate recently about if it means trophies, it's worth putting up with. I'm afraid I'm a bit more of a traditionalist and, you know, I don't want to watch that. And if that means trophies, then I still don't want to watch it. I'm sorry. There's a better way. And the United way over many, many years back to the 50s has been a different approach to what we're currently seeing. Having said that, though, I, I think it's, it, we get lost in the moment, particularly on our on our um, rumors.co.uk site, where we comment about today's match and what we saw today. And actually, if you take a step back, we are seeing some progress. We are seeing encouraging signs. So from, from when he arrived and after the Leicester game, as you say, it was, it was pretty awful straight away after that because it was, you know, man the barricade and try and stop conceding goals. There have been flashes already this year. It's just we need to see more of them. We need to see, uh, see them more regularly. I, I mean, I agree. <clears throat> I, mean, I think that's why Martial's come in and he's given the fans such a lift because we finally now we seem to have that attacking player that's direct. He wants to get the ball. He wants to run. He's willing to run the channels. And when he gets it, his first thought is getting towards the goal. As you said before, too many times players have just... 
Uh, another thing, going back on your throwing thing, is I've noticed that with corners as well. We're taking short corners, and mm. it, it will seem to be Depay will go out there, take a corner, he'll knock it to Matter, Matter will give it back to Depay. And then, I mean, I've lost count the amount of times in the last two or three games where we haven't even managed to beat the first man after he's put it back out. And he's just like, well, just put it in the box. We've got all our defenders up now. Put it in the box. And I yeah, guess you it's... Do, you do wonder what they've been trained at. And I think, you know, there's... <clears throat> Lou is very clear on his philosophy and this is the way he does it. But, um, you know, you can't argue. We're top of the league after seven games. We've, we've had some some short spells of cracking football it's his view is, look, we need control, we need possession, we need to stop conceding goals. And once we're comfortable and we're doing that without having to think about it, that's when we release the creativity. Now, that, that's me trying to be positive. What, what bothered me today against Sunderland, we're playing the worst team in the division. And for the first half, it, it, you know, we were playing as if we were playing Arsenal and we were scared we were going to concede. Now, that might be a throwback to the Leicester game. But, you know, let's be fair, Sunderland are complete crap. <laughs> you not just sit the players down and say, go out and play and just blow them off the park uh, today. And he's, he's never going to be able to say that. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be positive because I think there are encouraging signs there. Um, but we just need a bit more freedom than we're seeing, I think. Well, I mean, I, I personally, from a personal point of view, I can't really comment on the Sunderland game. I didn't actually get to catch it today. My daughter was too busy eating ice cream at the local ice cream store. But... Um, from what I heard, from what I caught, and I was watching a bit of Soccer Saturday on my phone, and Matt Letizia was basically saying exactly what you've just said. Then it's not, it's not unconvincing, but it's not convincing at the same time. We're just keeping the ball, and we seem to grind down opponents, and this seems to be the way. And I, I, I'm sort of in two minds about it now because when we came up against decent European season teams under Fergie, we were often out out tacticked by them. We were, Fergie was very much gung-ho, and against Sunderland, we'd have probably scored four or five or six against them today. But when we came up, say, for instance, Bayern Munich, when Van Gogh was manager, they they came to Old Trafford with a dis, distinct game plan. They wanted to, it went out the window after about 25 minutes when they conceded three, but the Champions League throws up games where I don't think you can really ever be out of a game as long as you've got that away goal. And they got that away goal. And it, do you feel that maybe in Europe we need to step away from our traditional way of two wingers and flying down there? Or or do you think that can work in Europe as well? I know it has worked for us before. It has. Yeah, it so has. If you go back to 99, and I appreciate it, you need to bear in mind the time's changed and I'm going back, what, 16 years. But 99... Um, we didn't actually deserve to win that game against Munich in the final. Um, you know, we, I'm not saying we were lucky. You, you get what you deserve. But they scored. They hit the post, I think. And they created far more chances. And then we stole it in extra time. But if you look at the run-up to the final, we were outstanding. We played Barca and Bayern in the um, qualify, in the group stages. And our, our approach that year was, you know, you scored two, we'll score three. We had Cole and York up front. We were attacking, we were attacking, we were attacking. And it was a joy to watch. Now, I think what um, Ferguson realised in subsequent years was he's got a great team. He's got a, a methodology that works. However, when you come up against certain teams, you maybe just want to think, hang on, we're going to next man in midfield here. And you, know, one of the, you, know, you can't criticise the best manager that's ever lived, but I think tactically he was occasionally found wanting. Um, and he tried to learn, and maybe Kios had an influence on that as well, and he tried to adapt his tactics instead of just saying, we're going to beat you because we're a better team. Now, I think that's the right approach. I think you have a, a style of playing 
and that's the style you adopt. And for us, it's often worked. But you have to accept that there are occasions you maybe want to temper that. And in Europe in particular, against some of the bigger teams, you maybe do need to think about the opposition. My concern at the moment is I do think um, Louis thinking about the opposition a bit more than perhaps he needs to on occasions. So, yeah, he might want to think about how he's going to play Arsenal away. He might want to think about how he's going to play Chelsea. But against the vast majority of teams, which is quality in our squad, we should just put the team on the pitch and say, go and play. They're good enough. The players we've got are good enough to beat 15, 16 of the teams in the Premier League. I, I 100% agree. I mean, I, I was, like I said, again, I wasn't watching the game. so But when I, I couldn't believe it. it got to 40 minutes and there was, still wasn't a goal in our game. And I, and I brought up our stats and on because I had a little bet on it. And I, so I brought up the stats on it. And we, we hadn't really been pressurising their goal from what it looked like for me. Like I said, I can't really comment on the game because I haven't watched it as yet. I will get around to it. And I might be totally wrong. But from the stats point, <laughs> from the stats point <laughs> of view... It'd be last again, probably. From, from the stats point of view, it just looked like we weren't really... There was no emphasis on getting forward. I mean, I don't know. Again, yeah, it got, better, it got better in the second half, I felt. Maybe that was because we were ahead. And we scored, so they had to come out, I suppose. Well, they, they seem to be coming out in the first half, to be honest. I mean, it's weird because, again, we get lost in the moment. But you take a step back and think about confidence and momentum. All these things help. And... Um, you know, I, I remember United when we were pretty, pretty poor. I remember Fergie taking over. I can remember the Manchester Evening News poll on whether he should stay as manager. And his first couple of years were, were pretty dire. Now, if you go through to 93 when we won the title, we actually won the FA Cup in 90. And people would talk about a goal that saved him from being sacked. Then we won the League Cup in 90. Uh, sorry, we won the Cup Winners Cup in 91. We won the League Cup in 92. And then we won the League in 93. And if you take a step back and look at those three or four years, you can see a progression you can see the team getting stronger. And, and after a mass clear out of players when he first joined, he then started to make tweaks. So I think we beat Arsenal 6-3 in the League Cup, which um, I don't think was the year we won it, actually. That would be 91. Um, and that was pretty much the championship team. I think Danny Wallace was playing, and he would have gone and been replaced by uh, Kanchelskis and then Giggs. Um, and I think Mike Thielen was probably playing, and he would have been replaced by... Oh, I'm guessing now. Um, Insel, Leclerc, who moved back into midfield when Cantona arrives. So I think what Van, ha- what Van Gaal's done, I keep calling Van Gaal, what Van Gaal's done is um, massive, massive turnover of players. Um, what he needs to do now is pick his best team and get them to play. And I think that's the other concern I have. That I don't think he knows what his best team is. So Herrera couldn't get a look in. Then he was picked for a few games. And now he's not being picked again. And Schweinsteiger, Carrick and Schneiderlin He's kind of mixing and matching any two from three. Um, you know, I know we've got a lot of games, and I know we need to rotate players, but when um, Alex Ferguson was in charge, we knew what the first 11 was. I could name you the first 11 from 93. I could name you the first 11 from 99 because it was the best team we had. I think Bengal, and he did this last year as well, he's still trying to figure out what is the best team. So I think if he manages to do that and then maybe just add one or two real bits of quality I think we've got a really good squad and a really good team he just needs to free them up and let them play yeah I, I mean I, I, I do agree with that I do but the one thing I will say is with the midfield three I, I do think we, we've got really good options in there to be able to rotate and give each 
everyone a game. And the Herrera thing, I, I, I don't know quite what's going on there. I don't know whether we've heard that he doesn't fancy Herrera. And then, like you say, he comes in, performs really well and seems to stay in the team. And then he's out again. And then we hear the thing about he doesn't rate Herrera again. So, But I, I, from a personal point of view, I do think that the, the midfield isn't isn't a real problem. I'm quite happy to rotate the three of them. I think they're all very good midfielders and they all should get some games. So, but yeah, but here's an interesting point because on this very subject we're talking about, if, if you ask 20 United fans who their players of the year are so far, I reckon the vast majority of them, if not every single one of them, would use names like Shaw, Darlene, mm-hmm. Smalling, who are all defenders. Blind. Blind, maybe, although there's been a, it's been getting a bit of stick. But, you know, no one's going to say Rooney or Depay or Mata because they've not done it yet. Our most impressive performers have been our defence. So that's great because, if, you know, we needed to uh, have a solid and consistent uh, set of defenders. But that sums up what we're saying. We're very good at defending, yet despite who we've got in the team, we're yet to show that regular creativity. Now, maybe Marshall will um, change that. Maybe he'll have an impact and bring the best out of some of the other players. I mean, really, really got a bit of a slagging off on the side today, but I thought second half, he started to look a little bit more like his old self for the first time this year. Do you think Martial helps Rooney? Um, well, he will because he, he runs around and he, he runs the channels and he takes defenders away. Um, I think Rooney's becoming more and more static. I remember Sydney always used to say he's lost the yard of pace, which was one of his favourite sayings. <laughs> well, he, he, he's right. I mean, he was never explosive. Um, he had lost some pace and therefore... If you're looking for people to run behind, it's not going to be Wayne, is it? I think what we need to do with Wayne is understand how we get the best out of him right now. I do, I, sometimes I do I do feel that Wayne needs to understand how to get the best out of his abilities as well now. I still think in Wayne's head, he's still that explosive teenager that burst onto the scene at 16 years of age. And I, you, You'll often see a bad touch from Wayne Rooney, and that doesn't come down to lack of ability. That comes down to just... Being not concentrating enough is you, your first thing should be get the ball under control. Paul Scholes was brilliant at it. You mm. could he'd get the ball and as soon as he controlled that ball, he knew where everyone was on the pitch. And with Rooney, I think that his brain still seems to work at the same explosive pace as he was when he was sixteen and eighteen and nine and twenty one and onwards. But as you say, as Sydney always used to say to us, he's lost that yard of pace. So, but. Let's, let's move on from that now. So just to sum up on that, are you par for the course at the moment? Happy? We're top of the league. We're going to win it, aren't we? You, you can't not. You can't be unhappy if you're top of the league. I think... Um, well, we'll see know. about that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you, and, you and I won't be unhappy because we're top of the league. I think you have to understand just how many players have been moved out, how many players have been moved in. Needed to as well. And of course, you know, the incredible turnaround that we've had in the last two years. Um, we look pretty solid. Uh, we've, we've signed some quality players. We just we just need some. We just need a spark. You know whether that's the manager's issue in terms of how he's getting to play, whether that's a confidence issue. Right now, top of the league. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Um, we just want to keep that progress that we're seeing. Yeah, no, I I agree. Like you say, top of the league. We can't really moan. I'm sure we will, but we can't really whinge at that. Our transition's going a lot better than Liverpool's. Put it that way. Yeah, here's here's a quick. Um, I had my anorak out this morning, Chris. So there's people been going on about Alex Ferguson's last few years, how we were crap under Fergie, and people forget. And it it was a bit tough because he was wringing what he could out of his aging squad. But in his last four years, um, 
Alex's team scored between 78 and 89 league goals, which is pretty par for us. We scored between 70 and 90 generally, so 78 to 89 is about right. With Moyes, we got 64. Interestingly, under uh, Louis, the first year, we only scored 62. And since we won the title in 93, we've only scored less than 70 league goals once under Alex Ferguson. So, again, it just reinforces that he's brought some control, but at a cost of attacking play, at a cost of excitement. Now, for some people, that's okay, because they want to win, and winning takes precedence over everything. So far this year, we're looking better now. After seven games, I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. What, 15 or 16 goals? I think. I think it's 15 goals or 16 goals we've scored and we've conceded five, I think, in I the league. We've, conceded, we've scored 12, I've just uh, looked at oh. while we're looking. But even so, 12 off seven um, isn't great, but there's only three teams scored more, so it's not been a particularly impressive start across the whole Premiership for goals scored. But as I say, we're seeing progress, we just need to see that progress carry on. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Let's list. Really kick on now. We've got a couple of really tough games coming up, and we'll see where we are. We'll go into that a bit later, though. So, you you mentioned it, the Fergie years, and when he first took over and stuff. So, you you emailed me saying that you really wanted to talk about the youth policy of the eighties and the nineties, and you had some interesting stats, and you actually said some that might surprise me as well. So, go ahead, surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had a big debate, haven't we? I think about Wilson um, not getting a chance. And obviously last year we, we blooded McNair. We believe Blackett, Pereira's just had a game. Uh, Yanazai was in and out and has now said been sent on loan. Um, and I think this is a bigger issue than United, actually. It's probably just the way the game's changed. But um, we've had a homegrown player in our match day squad for every game since 1937. Wow. 3,700 games, which is a pretty impressive stat. Is that just in the league, I take it, though? Is that... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's still a very, very good stat to have. Yeah. And if, if you go back to when uh, Fergie took over, he was he was very unhappy with our scouting and our approach to you. So he completely revamped it. And whilst everyone knows about the class of 92, which I'm sure we'll come back to in a, in a minute, um, he was never shy giving youngsters a chance, really. So it's probably caused by injuries and I'm conscious I'm older than a number of posters, so Redman and Schmidfield will remember this, but there was that 30 fledglings, as they were they were infamously named. That was his first attempt. So players like Lee Martin, Tony Gill, Mark Robbins, uh, Russell Beardsmore, Daniel Graham, all got chances. Um, and of course, it was Mark Robbins whose goal versus Forrester in the Cup allegedly saved uh, Alex's job um, when we went on to them in the Cup in 90. And Lee Martin scored the winner in the final. Um, and Russell Bismore, Mark Robinson, Lee Martin all made over 50 appearances. So that's a, that's a pretty good uh, career at United before they went on to do other things. Um, and of course, most of, pe- most of the people remember Clayton Blackmore, although he was at the club before um, Sir Alex arrived. And then you get to the 90s and we have that ridiculous situation where we had five or six players come through at the same time. So Giggs, two Nevilles, but Beckham Skulls. Uh, there was also Robbie Savage, Keith Gillespie, Ben Thornley, Jen O'Kane, Terry Cook, none of whom uh, really went on to do anything with us. Gillespie obviously had a brief career with us before going to Newcastle. Um, now, I don't think you'll ever see that many players come through <coughs> at the same time, not of that quality anyway. Um, but of course, it wasn't just them. Everyone remembers the class of 92, but we also had Wes Brown, John O'Shea, Darren Fletcher. Johnny Evans? Uh, uh, yeah, Johnny Evans. So here's, here's a question for you, Chris. 
What did Darren Ferguson, Luke Chadwick, Ronnie Walwalk, Darren Gibson and Kieran Richardson have in common? <laughs> you put me on the spot, I haven't got a clue. So they've got two things in common. They all came through the rank. Yeah. And they've all got a Premier League winners, madam. Would that be one more than Gerard? It would be, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And people have been slagging off Johnny Evans lately, and he's got three more than Stephen Gerrard. John O'Shea's been getting some stick this last week. He's got five. Uh, as does Wes Brown. Now, the, the point I'm making is these, these aren't superstars, but they're players we brought through who served as loyalists for a number of years and in good teams did their bit. Um, I mean, John O'Shea was played all over the place. And yeah. He's got um, five Premier League winner's medals, which is stunning. There was a study looking at the top 50 clubs for bringing players through who were either still playing at that club or playing in one of the big five European leagues. So unsurprisingly, Barcelona are top. They brought, brought 43 players to, 13 are still at Barcelona and 30 are playing at another big club. And most of the British um, teams, sorry, English teams, are rubbish. So Chelsea and City are right down at the bottom. Arsenal are ninth. United are second of the top 50 teams in, uh, top, top 50 clubs in Europe. So there's 36 players we've brought through, 12 still at United, and 24 are now playing for another club in one of the big five major European countries. Yes. Now, what's, what's interesting for me is we developed twice as many players for other clubs that we've kept for ourselves. That's, that's, think, sorry. No, carry on, mate. Sorry, you carry on. Well, we, we had a brief conversation, I think, um, a long time ago, that there's actually a full Premier League team of ex-United players now playing for other clubs in the Premier League. They yeah. come to our ranks. We've then sold them on, and they're all making great livings playing for various clubs in the Premier League. Maybe not of the United quality, and that's a probably a subject we want to talk about why. But we are still bringing players through our academy, and they're just not quite making it into our team. Well, sorry, mate. Um, just to elaborate a little bit, what I was going to say. That's, I, I remember reading Fergie's first autobiography. I think he's bought about 20 since then. But his first autobiography. And he, he always mentioned that was a nice little earner for Manchester United. They they were able to sell youth players on for decent money. The clubs that bought them always knew they were getting a youth player that had been schooled correctly, had a good attitude and actually had ability. And that, So Fergie mentioned that himself. He knew that not all of them are going to make it. For every Paul Scholes, you're going to get a Robbie Savage for every... I don't, you know, you're going to get players that obviously don't quite cut the mustard. Who was there? Was there a young lad that everyone had high hopes for? Giggs always speaks about him. It was in the youth ranks with him. I cut his name eludes me now. Uh, but a young lad in the youth system. But anyway, and he never made it. And they had high hopes for him. I don't know where he ended up. So obviously, you well, yeah. There's there's been a few that we've seen over the years that we all thought would make it, and then for whatever reason they just shipped on somewhere else. Now we we obviously aren't close enough when we don't see it. But those stats say that we've kind of kept 12 to ourselves and spent 24 elsewhere. So one in three, I think that's a pretty good hit rate. But it's not bad. All years, I don't think we're seeing that now. So if you look at our current homegrown players, or listed as homegrown players, they include Phil Jones, Michael Carrick, Wayne Rooney, Morgan Schneiderlin, uh, Chris Smalling, and Ashley Young, none of whom came through the ranks at United. So they were homegrown elsewhere. The only players coming through our ranks who are getting a sniff at the first team are Sam Johnston, hopefully. Um, I'm not sure he will now, but I think he should get a crack. Uh, Wilson, who we touched on before, uh, McNair, 
from Pereira. Possibly Blackett, who's gone out on loan. But can we say with confidence that any one of them will nail a place down and become a first teamer? Maybe not a superstar, but you know, a Wes Brown or a John O'Shea or a Johnny Evans, someone who gets three or five winners' medals because they're able to do a shift for us in a position, they're able to contribute as part of the team. It would be nice, wouldn't it? But we we've not seen it. If you try and think who was the last player who came through the ranks who's managed to nail down some semblance of a first team place, I'm struggling. Johnny Evans, maybe? I was going to say Johnny Evans, probably. Really? Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, I'd, I'd say Johnny Evans, Kieran Richardson, maybe. Johnny Evans, they sort of played, well, Johnny Evans played obviously a lot more than Richardson, but like you say, players that actually had a, a career at United for a while, yeah, I can't pass Johnny Evans, which was a long time ago now. I mean, he's, what is he now, 28, something like that. So he broke into the yeah. team. I remember I was in Amsterdam watching the Amsterdam tournament and he scored in that uh, and I had high hopes for him obviously I'd seen this lad score and he'd, he'd played brilliantly in that and he went out on loan I think it was a Sunderland I think he got their player of the year twice he did yeah I think when Roy Keane came up they actually offered us something silly like nine million pounds back then as well we're talking seven eight years ago now and they actually offered us big money for him and Fergie turned him down and said no I'm not going to He's he's one for the future, and for whatever reason, it didn't quite end the way that obviously Johnny would like. He did have some good moments, and he unfortunately had some not so good moments as well. Should well, we say? There was a year, even when uh, I think the last year of uh, Rio and Vidic, when he was probably our best centre half. So it is interesting to think about well, what happened because he did look somewhat skittish in the last year with us. He did look like an accident waiting to happen. And again, it's, it's weird how a player can look quality one minute and then not seem to have a clue the next. Um, very odd. I think the worry right now is that despite our kind of history and tradition in this area, it is a long time since a player came through. And I do think we're potentially getting left behind here. We've had the discussion recently about City's Academy. Um, we had a couple of our players sending their sons to the City Academy. Andy Cole was one, wasn't he? Yeah, well, Van Persie sent his from there as well. I and mean, it's just appalling situation to find ourselves in that you know you're going to send your son to your, your major competitor across the city because they okay they're owned by the richest man in the world but they started at the bottom and they decided right we're going to do this from a grassroots level now we don't know whether that will work i think there are other there are other issues at play here um you're now only able to attract uh the very young uh, players within a certain grid geographical distance i believe so the days of finding someone who you know lives in Southampton and bringing them up to your academy at the age of ten, I think, have gone. Um, but even so, if you don't have the facilities and you don't have the right coaching staff, then you're not going to deliver the right talent, are you? No. I mean, was it was it Matt Busby that went to Duncan Edwards's house in? Oh, where did he live? And knocked wherever he lived. But I know it wasn't quite Manchester, and knocked on his door and got him to sign a contract in his pajamas or something. Uh, interestingly, Ferguson did the same with Ryan Giggs, didn't he, on his, was it his 14th birthday? Yes, and, yes, he did, um, yeah. And said, you know, we want to sign you, because um, he was on City's books up to that point. Um, so I do, I do think, you know, we should be proud of what we've done, and the statistics right now say we've still got more players playing in the top five um, leagues in Europe that have come through our academy than any club other than Barcelona. The worry is, not many of them are playing for us. <laughs> and it's, um, it's diminishing as well, isn't it? I mean, City have got the ability that it seems that they're on the up, whereas we're either resting on our laurels or we are 
have totally ignored them to be honest with you and as you said we haven't there's not really anyone that you can say he's going to be a great player when he's older in the next two years well, well that's a really good question Chris and I know when we were talking about what we were going to talk about what sorry when we were talking about what we were going to talk about one of the questions you asked was uh, are these players good enough and will they make it and when I was just thinking about how to answer it I actually thought well we don't know because they're not getting a fair crack and the Wilson debate I find really interesting so, you know, the kid's breaking records and looks an absolute star under 21. But people are quick to say, he's not ready. Uh, he gets in the wrong positions. He's just not good enough. Well, we don't know that. Let's give the guy a chance. There are very few Ryan Giggses who walk into the first team and look, look like they belong there. Mark yep. Charles is one. You know, he, he's come from uh, France. He's gone into the first team and he looks an actual. But that rarely happens. I'd even go as far as to say that when... Um, the class of 92 finally got their, their chance in 96, 95, 96. They'd all had a few games, and they didn't, you didn't think, wow, these guys are superstars. Yet, when they were given a solid run in the team, certainly Beckham, Neville took their chance immediately. Well, people forget that Nicky Butt was picked ahead of Paul Skulls initially. Yeah, well, I don't think Fergie rated a bit. Well, Scholes was a bit later coming to the party because he was a forward in his um, in his youth days. And then he moved back into midfield and found a whole new role for himself. So I just think we're back to this, making a decision about the moments. And we're very quick to, you know, Pereira scored a great goal, therefore he's brilliant, therefore he should play. Well, no, he scored a great goal, full stop. Yeah, you know, Wilson played and looked rubbish, therefore he should never be picked. No, no, he played and didn't play well full stop give these guys give these guys a chance and once you've got a solid team around we should be putting one or two of these kids in and seeing what they're made of we just seem a bit quick to write them off and not give them a chance right now yeah I, I agree I mean Fergie was always one for always saying patience you've got to be patient with young players they're going to be inconsistent they're going to they're not going to perform at the levels the same levels every week one week they might go and score two goals the next week they might go and do something silly and give away a goal. The idea is to manage them, manage their games well and give them chances. You've got to give them chances. And that goes back onto squad depth, really, what we were talking about, where mm. people can view it as a bad thing or you can view it as a good thing. When's a young player ever going to get a chance if you've got a squad of 25 players that are, you know, like for like, that are top players already? You know, they're not going to get chances. You look at you look at Chelsea, they've got Loftus-Cheek on the bench. <clears throat> He's just there. He's just there on the bench. He's not really getting his chance, you know, unless the Matic gets injured. Well, Matic, did, he hasn't been playing well, so what did Mourinho do? He chucked Tim McHale. You yeah, need... well, we, had the, we had the same today. We're, we're playing the worst team in the division. We're 2-0 up and it's time to put some substitutes on. You've got Ashley Young on. I don't want to diss Ashley Young because he's, you know, he's, he stepped up last year and he's been a, a true pro and he's made a real difference. But Pereira's on the bench. He's just got a great free kick. He's feeling confident. We're 2-0 up against the worst team. 20 minutes to go. Put him on. Give him, that, give him that 20 minutes. And that, that's that's the bit that's a bit frustrating. That um, I don't think the youngsters are going to get much of a look in this year. I mean, the one who last year for me really impressed was Paddy McNair. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure he's a centre-half, to be honest, because when he comes forward with the ball, he looks like he's going to be a really useful midfield player. Did he, is, did he plays uh, um, attacking midfield and midfield for the youth sides, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He does. And he's, you can see that. He looks quality. And I just love to see some of these guys get a break. But the pressure Van Gaal was under to get us into the Champions League last year meant there was going to be no risks taken, other than when he had to with the injuries. Um, 
And obviously, once you start to think, oh, we've got a chance there, we've got a chance of pushing on or winning something, it's going to be safety first. But I, I personally think if you don't give these kids a chance, then you're not going to find out whether they're good enough. I I agree. I totally agree. You can look at Southampton. I think it's I think the young lad they've got a left back now, um, Target. I believe that he was. I'm sure it was him. He was rated higher than Shaw. He picked up an injury and then Shaw came in and well, from then on we all know what happened. So give they've got to be given chances. And some surprise you, some will surprise you and really kick on them. But they need that chance. They need to be given that chance and that that confidence that they can have a bad game and still get that chance again, you know, that's what they need. Yeah, I think there's another issue here though, isn't there, which is back to our approaching the academy and is our coaching up to scratch or our facilities up to scratch. So if you look at Jan and I, um, Moyes put him in the team and um, I'm not saying he was a world beater, but he looked like he had a really bright future. And yet last year he hardly got a look in and this year he's been very patchy when he got a chance. And you think, well, how's that happened? You know, this kid's obviously developing. He's quite young. Um, he looks like he's going to be a star. What's made him go backwards? Because that's what appears to have happened here. It's drastic as well, isn't it? It's it's overnight, season to season, like you say. Looked very promising for the Moyes season. And straight away, he doesn't look the same player anymore. And now he's at, yeah. But he's still gone on loan to a club like Borussia Dortmund. So there's, there's talent well, I, there. I, yeah, I made the point that if you just get game time and he plays well, then we need to start asking questions about how's that happened then. Yeah. Because that suggests there's something that our club, either the way they're being trained or what they're being asked to do, um, and again, we're back to Louis. And I've not got a down on Louis. I think he's incredibly entertaining. I think he's great fun. You know, he looks the part, doesn't he? Whereas Moyes always looked a little bit um, lost. I was going to say frightened, which is perhaps overawed is perhaps the best word. Yeah. You know, Van Hal walks and he's like, you know, I've managed Bayern, I've managed Barca. This is a fantastic club. I belong here. And I love that. I love that kind of, he looks and sounds like a Man United manager. However, the way he talks about players sometimes, I know there's a language barrier. Um, but some of the things he says, you think, oh, he really shouldn't be saying that out loud. I'm not sure you should be saying that to the player. Rumour has it that some of the other players suggested he stopped having such a go at Shaw last year because it wasn't actually having the desired effect. It was just making the situation worse because it was knocking his confidence. And I think certainly Alex Ferguson learned over the years that there are some players you can ball out and there are some players you need to put an arm around. I think with Louis, this is my philosophy, and this is the way it is, and if you don't like it, that's the way it is. Well, I'm not sure that's necessarily right nowadays. I think players are different, whether we like it or not. Some of them are a bit soft, some of them are tough, and they'll all respond differently depending on how you treat them. So I don't know whether that's why Yana's eyes gone off the boil. It might be why Smalling suddenly looks like a world beater. You know, players respond differently, don't they? They do. They, they certainly do. And Ashley Young's another one that, has really upped his game since well I mean when Moyes came in Moyes got a good half a season out of Ashley he seemed actually the only player that was trying maybe it was because he was fighting for his place and his career at Manchester United but Louis van Gaal has definitely took him on and that goes back to the what you were saying just then that he, he does criticise players sometimes a bit too much in the public eye and some players embrace that and really want to sort of prove him wrong some players they might get arsy about it and they go into their shell and some players just totally dislike it like Di Maria and want to go Ashley seems to be that type that he's took it on and you can see after every game because Van Gaal's got this thing he goes and shakes every player's hand after the game and you can see that sort of look in Van Gaal's eye Fergie had it whenever he when he knew he'd got a player's 
attitude 100% spot on. And Van Gogh, he's, he's embracing of Ashley Young is quite amusing to me because he does seem to, it seems to be his project there and he's he's managed to get this lad to perform to a really good level and he does seem to be our go-to guy now. He can play everywhere. He plays left wing, right wing, left back. Mm. We might even see him striker by the end of the season, let's be honest. Yeah. So here's an interesting thing. We've um, we talked about youth and I don't think we're alone. I think, you know, who Chelsea brought through Arsenal City brought through, everybody's struggling to find players of the right quality. And that may be the pressure people are under now. You know, the pressure in the Premier League, the pressure to win, means that people aren't prepared to take chances. So if you can't bring your own players through, then actually, wouldn't it be sensible to kind of find young players with potential, sign them, and then develop them? So going back to, um, you know, when I was a wee boy and we were in the second division, we signed Steve Koppel from Tramney when he was 20. I think, you know, he played a handful of games for, for Tranmere. And we signed Gordon Hill from Millwall when he was 21. And, you know, these guys became England players. Steve Koppel, whose career was cut short with an knee injury, was just a tremendous player. Um, and those players were promoted from what was the old second division, and they flourished in the first division. Two wingers, typically United side. I mean, Steve Koppel was first name on the team sheet, according to Ron Greenwood, when he was the England manager. Now, could you imagine us signing three players from Tranmere and Millwall and Hull now? I mean, Dion Dublin came from Cambridge, and he's not that long ago. You just can't imagine us doing that, can you? No, no. I don't think, to be honest with you, any Premier League can afford to really do that at the moment either. I think there's so much money washing about in England now, whether that's good or not. They they can't afford to take that risk on, a, on an unknown oh. player. So I, I can remember um, Alex Ferguson signing Lee Sharp from Torquay when he was 17. Um, and he pretty much threw him in because I think he signed him with an eye to the future. And I can't remember who got injured. I think Ralph Milne was here at the time, <laughs> I said the better. Um, and Lee Sharp got pretty much thrown in and made kind of 20, 25 appearances in his first year as a 17-year-old. And he just took to it like a duck to water. Um, but if you look at recent years, because everyone said, oh, you know, we didn't replace Vidage, we didn't replace Fernand. I think we did. Yeah. The players we replaced them with. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So if you look at who we signed, we've bought some of the best young, promising players, but they just haven't stepped on. So Phil Jones is the best example. He was being compared to Duncan Edwards, which is a bit of a, bit of a ridiculous comparison. Um, but clearly, you know, Jones was a talented boy at Blackburn and we all had high hopes for him. Yet he hasn't progressed. He just looks like he's gone backwards. He looks clumsy. He does. He doesn't look like he's overawed. So I remember signing some players who, who got to United and couldn't cope with the fact that they were United. It was just too much of them. I don't think Jones looks that. He just, like you say, he looks like he's got two left feet. Yeah, but Blackburn, he looked like he was going to be England's next centre-half for many years to come. Well, his first season at Manchester United under Ferguson, he looked he looked decent. He looked, you know, this young lad. I, don't, I actually think, was it Bobby Charlton that gave him... The comparison to Duncan Edwards as well was, I think it was, I think it was a Manchester United, someone involved with Manchester United. I don't think this was a media thing. I actually think this is us. So, as you say, there's obvious talent there, but what's happening with it? Are we coaching them right? Do we have the right coaches? But then, well, the De Silva twins. I remember Gary, even Gary Neville's um, interview Gary Neville when we signed um, Fabio and Rafael De Silva, and he was raving about them, saying they scared him with how good they were and that they were the future. And yet, one hardly featured at all. And, and whilst most of us were sad to see Raphael go, he was still incredibly raw. 
and haven't addressed some of the kind of shortcomings in terms of people. I mean, people forget he got himself sent off in the European tie, which cost us. Yeah. Again, we signed these two massive potential youngsters, and yet they've both gone on the way. We signed Zahar and then sold him back a year later. Uh, Bebe, God knows what was going on there. We, I so, don't think we need to get into that. I think there might well, have been some some things that. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, I would have included Smalling on this list this year. He's been a revelation, hasn't he? He, he just looks he just looks massive this year. He's just been um, dominant. I don't know what's happened. I'd like to give Van Gaal the credit for that. Yes. And, you know, we've given him the credit for Ashley Young. If you can do the same with Phil Jones, then you suddenly start to, to feel that, actually, this guy's got something about him. He's bringing the best out of the players. And, and Smalling, you say, is a great example for someone, hopefully, like Phil Jones, to look to, to think, well, actually, you know, there are players that do kick on. It's, let's just hope that Phil Jones, I don't think it will happen, unfortunately. I think Phil Jones' time is running out at Manchester United fast. But hopefully he does fulfil the potential that we clearly saw in him to pay £16 million for him, that's for sure. And then, like you say, there's, there's ability there and maybe we can... Maybe the coaching staff needs to be a little bit questioned there as well. Are we? Because, like you say, we we have these players. They come in, they look very good, they perform well for a consistent period of time, and then it's that stage where once consistency needs to be found, they tend to go backwards again. I think you'll see Jones partnered with Smalling very soon <clears throat> and Blind moving to left back. But this season, you think? Yeah, very soon. He, he's think, fit, isn't um, he? Now he is fit. Well, he, he's, he's got to get a match fit, but yeah, he's not. He's, he's obviously he came on as a substitute today for the last kind of ten minutes. Oh, brilliant! Um, I don't think Van Gaal uh, trusts or rates uh, Rojo, and I have to be honest, neither do I. No, no, um, I do. And I think for Van Gaal, Van Gaal, it's all about trust. I think he trusts Blind, and I, I completely agree with him. I know he gets some stick, but um, is, it, is it only me that thinks he looks like Jon Snow at a Game of Thrones? Someone said this to me at work the other day, and I, I'll, I'll be yeah. honest, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I can't really comment on it. But someone did say this about him, and yeah, but I can't comment, I don't know. But I have heard they, that comparison mentioned before. Well, I think he's been an excellent purchase. He's never going to let you down. He can fill in in lots of different ways. I know he's got some limitations, and you know, one or two posters keep telling us what they are. But I think he's been far better than we were expected at centre half. He's our new John O'Shea. Players that you need. Yeah, I think he's a step up in quality from John O'Shea. No disrespect to John, he'll, he'll be obviously five Premier League medals. But I think he'll stick him at left back and he'll hope that Jones this morning can, can produce that partnership that we all hope that he could. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't giving him the comparison saying he's as good no, as I know you mean. Or I know what, you mean. But what I mean is he's our new utility man, as you have, if yeah. you like. You know, some players. Don't like Phil Jones. I believe that hampered his career at Manchester United, being that sort of utility-style player. I think with Blind, he's quite happy to fill in at left back, centre back. Well, he seems to be anyway, and he performs at quite a decent level wherever he goes. I mean, I've I've never there might have been a few times where he's made a few mistakes here or there, but I can't think of a single game where I thought Blind lost us that game today. It was his fault why we no, lost that game. No, again, he looks he looks United player to me, just the way he carries himself. He just looks like he's happy, he's comfortable, and he fits in there. And I think that's important. Yep, yeah, and unfortunately, I think Herrera looks like a United player as well. And God, I hope we keep hold of him because he seems like a great. He seems like he's got a great attitude, and he seems to really enjoy it at the club. And a player like him, how long is he going to be willing to 
be in and out of the team, I don't know. So, but I do hope mm. that we do keep hold of him. That's for sure. Because, like you say, it's yeah. my my friend, my, my uh, one of my best friends. He's an Arsenal fan, and he said to me, "There's always players around that you can tell they're a United player." When we were going after Hargreaves and Tevez, my mate said he turned around to me, went, "You could tell six months ago that they were going to end up at Manchester United because they looked Manchester United players." Yeah, and and I agree with him. I agree. There are certain players out there that you just think they would be perfect fit attitude wise and everything like that to fit in at Manchester United and I think we've got quite a few of them now you know in the in the days of these billion multi-millionaire footballers we, we do seem to have a bunch of lads that are willing to work and I think the spirit's excellent I mean, yeah it seems I know to Van be Van Gaal has a reputation for upsetting players but I said this last year actually that you could see the spirit and even the players who were coming off the bench it felt like they were all in it together they were all looking out for each other um, if, if, as rumour has it, a couple of the players have been to see Van Gaal and tried to offer suggestions, um, I think that's quite encouraging. Hopefully he took it in the right way. I'm not convinced he would have done, but um, I think this is where gigs is important to try and bridge that gap between the players and the coach. But I've been struck by they, they seem happy, they seem content, and they're all pulling together as a team. Yeah, I, don't I agree. Think there's a huge amount wrong, despite what some might say. I don't think... You know, again, going back to '92, we lost the title to Leeds, <clears throat> and I was at Anfield the day we lost it. That was an entertaining <laughs> amongst the Liverpool fans. Um, yeah, we lost two 0 and that was that was the day we lost the title to Leeds. Now the year after, we, we started off and we kind of stuttered along, and everyone thought we were going to push on and win it, but we were really, really stuttering along. Then we signed Cantona in November, I think it was. I don't think it was a window then, and everything changed. That one player just completely transformed the club. Now, I'm not saying we need one player, but sometimes something clicks. And I, I look at our team and I think, I'm not sure Matter should be out wide right. I think that's limiting us in terms of pace. If you stuck some pace on that right wing, then you've got pace on the right wing and left wing, and you've got pace in the middle now. That starts to look a bit more interesting. And you've got some good central midfield options to try and exploit that. I'm actually quite relaxed about centre-back. I know people will laugh at me, but... I've, conceding goals has not been our issue as we said earlier on scoring goals has been our issue so I think just think we need to understand how we make the best use of what we've got and do we need to fix that right hand side beyond that I think we've got a really strong squad and we've got some good youngsters who need to get a crack and yeah and they only just loosen those straps and just let the players play yeah, and like you say, the only way they're going to get that is if we don't have a squad full of these fifteen to twenty million pound bench warmers. You know that they're not. We don't need them. They 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 sort of they're journeymen, if you like. You know, like your Obi Macaws that are quite happy to sit on the bench and pick up their money and play when they need to play. I'd much rather see a Pereira sitting on the bench and coming on and filling in when he needs to fill in. You know, you look at Anthony Martial. Now he was signed, and we were told, don't expect nothing from yeah. him to begin with. He's not for me he's for the next manager the bloke comes on and scores four goals in four games and very good goals at that and what's encouraging is they all seem to be very similar finishes which means it doesn't yeah, matter it's not, it's not know, just the goals Chris. I watched him today and he gets the ball he looks up and he takes the man on and it was like when we signed Van Persie I'd, I'd always watch Van Persie from afar but when I saw him play for United he just oozed class oozes yeah. it doesn't he you can back to back to Cantona I mean Cantona was, was one of the four players that Bergie said was world class and I know there was a bit of a debate on the uh, on the site um, I had my season ticket then and he, he just walked around that pitch with his collar turned up like he owned it he was just 
you know, class oozed out of every single pore. And it's nice when you see players. I think Martial's got, he's only young, we shouldn't put burden in, but he looks like he, he's got a huge amount of class and he's going to be some player. I, I agree. I mean, he's got that look when he scores a goal, he doesn't get over it over ecstatic about it when he misses a chance likewise he's just he has that sort of deadpan look on his face where right the next one will come my way and I'll put that one away I mean I didn't see him today I can't really comment how he is but I know Letizia he said that for the Rooney goal he was brilliant he said it was all Martial for that goal yeah well he really ring play he took the defender on uh, went past him crossed it to be fair to Rooney I never ran out of time Rooney's goal was um, he's not scored in the league for a long time and I'm not trying to bash him at all um as I said, he's assured his legendary status, but he basically got pushed in the back, fell over and need the ball into the net, which was, you know, it's a goal, and he gets it, but he didn't have to do a right lot other than just get pushed over by the defender. But when you've gone 12 games in the Premier League yeah. about scoring, you take one of them, won't you, all day long? Yeah. And hopefully, you know, you might go and score another overhead kick next week, and they'll all mean the same at the end of the season, won't they, you know? So it doesn't really matter how they go in, as long as they do go in, and I do hope that Rooney was just lacking this confidence to, because he does seem to be that sort of lad to me where he needs confidence. He's, I've always said it with Rooney, he's an instinctive player. And when he's got to start thinking about what he does, that's when he gets hampered by our style or our style gets hampered by him. And I'm conscious, uh, conscious we've been at it for nearly an hour and, uh, I, I could talk for hours about Wayne Rooney and probably yeah, no. hack off most of the posters on the site, but then maybe that's an idea for your next podcast. I think so. Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. So let's summarise up exactly what, you, what your feelings are on the youth system then, just before we move on to looking forward and seeing about the games coming up. I think uh, I think we've probably got the best tradition in the English game of producing our own talent. I'm just concerned that that's drying up and we're getting left behind now. And even where we have got talented players, we need to give them a chance and not seen enough of that. So it'd just be nice to see a bit more of that. I I agree. Maybe we should all club together and give Woodward a tour of the Man City Academy and let him see exactly yeah. how far we are behind now. So let's move forward then. Looking forward, we've got two big games this week coming up, haven't we? I wouldn't say they're must-win games, but if we are serious about making a serious go of either of the competitions, we've got to be winning them, haven't we? Uh, I think the European game is a pretty critical one, having lost last time. I think we really need to get that three points. Um, you know, it, it, it's a league, but you've only got six games to play. So, I don't know. I think we'll pick a very strong team, and I think we'll go and try and win it. I think the Arsenal game, um, I'm looking forward to that, because they suddenly hit form as well. I know they lost to Chelsea, but they... 5-2 at Leicester today, I think. Yeah, Sanchez got a hat-trick as well, didn't he? Yeah. That's ominous. Yeah, but I don't know. I think we've had a bit of a bit of a bogey sign over them lately. I do as well. And I think there's a certain way you've got to play Arsenal. I really do. And I think, like you say, we've got that hex over them. We know exactly how to play them. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Fellaini play that game. I really wouldn't. I don't think their defenders enjoy playing against Fellaini. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Van Gogh chuck Fellaini behind Rooney. I think he might rest Martial, I really do. Or maybe put Martial out on the right, I don't know. But I've got a feeling Fellaini's going to play that game. But I could be totally wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. But I I think there's a certain way we play Arsenal. And so Fellaini, for me, is a really nice guy. And he's really committed. And you can't fault his professionalism. But he's absolutely not a Manchester United player for me. He never will be. No, I totally agree. He's not got that 
he seems like he's treading water at the moment to me. He seems like he's treading water throughout the season. Last season, he could have gone. He managed to get himself in the team, managed to do well in the team. He's out of the team, and this season, he looks... The flashes that I have seen of him, he doesn't look like he's going to ever get any better than he is now, and that worries me, So, especially for the money we paid as well. Well, yeah, panic buy, wasn't it? I think, you know, lungs up to the big man is not something we should ever, ever encourage. No. Um, I don't think he's going to get a place in midfield because I think we're incredibly well stopped there. And even you start to look at number 10, if you think Mata, Rooney, Herrera, uh, I just can't see him playing. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Arsenal game because you remember last year, even when we were struggling, when we played the big team, we actually had their measure pretty much. Got a good record against them under Van Gogh, I believe. Someone posted the stats recently. Yeah, even when Chelsea beat us 1-0, that was, you know, they stole that game from us. We, we dominated, we should have won that game. So, um, I don't know. I, I predicted on the predictions competition it was going to be Chelsea City, United, sorry, Chelsea Arsenal, United City. Yeah, at the moment, Chelsea are just a million miles away from competing. They just look all over the place. City, after a fantastic start, have just lost two. And the form teams would appear to be other Arsenal and Spurs at the moment. So, who knows? I think it'll be a cracking game. Um, I really enjoy the games against Arsenal. And um, I don't know. I think it's take a draw at this point. So what, what would you go on then? Give us your give us a prediction for the Wolfsburg game. Would you how do you see that one panning out? Because I think Wolfsburg, I believe, have got a lot of pace in their team. So I think we need to counter that with a lot of pace in our team. Myself, I think we'll nick that. Do you? Yeah. Brilliant. I, I, probably, I probably hope so. One one nil. That seems to be the favoured scoreline at the moment, doesn't it, for anyone predicting a Manchester United game? And the Arsenal game? Uh, I think that could be quite a good game, actually. I think it could be kind of two all. I think the thing with Arsenal is it always, the team that tends to win that game scores first. If you score first against Arsenal, they start pushing it, and then we catch them on the counter attack. If Arsenal score first, then we might need to change our game plan up a little bit with that game there. But like you say, they're always entertaining games. And to be honest, one of the first games I look forward to look, look at the fixture list when we're playing them at the Emirates, just because we have their number and it's always nice to go there. Regardless, it doesn't seem to matter what form they're in. We always go there and do a number on them. And it's usually a good game because they play football. So they're not going to sit back and, and even when they come to Old Trafford, they don't sit back like other teams do. You get a proper game of football. Yeah. And, you know, hate Liverpool, hate Leeds, can't be doing the City at all. Hate Chelsea, but Arsenal. You know, despite the rivalry that we have, and I was a season ticket holder through that, I have a grudging respect for them because they play football the way it should be played. And you know, as you've seen, I know you're a regular on their side. Our fans are pretty decent too, to be honest. You know, they're not up themselves. They're a good bunch of people. Yeah, I mean that's not me. That's CTR and his little bugger ears. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, I, I love going on there and giving them boys some some grief here and there. Just, just it's all friendly and like you say, the fans are pretty much they're they're quite a mirror image of our club, really. As much as they don't like to admit it, they are. Apart from we just spend money now. So, so going forward again, Louis Van Gaal. Generally, you can see the foundations. You're quite happy. You can see some improvement there. Oh. I don't think he's going to be here for the long term. So if you think about when we got Moyes, if we'd gone after um, Ancelotti or Guardiola or Klopp, and I, I really want to leave Mourinho out of this because I just hope he never comes near our club. Yeah, me but too. If you'd a top manager, if they'd have looked at our club and they'd have thought, well, this is going to be a, a poison chalice, isn't it? Because, you know, you've got some players who are about to leave and you've got some players who don't look up to it and there's some dreadful gaps to fill. Gosh, this might not be a good move. Whereas... 
fast forward a year, and let's assume we make another couple of astute signings. You're going to look at a team that's hopefully competing, um, has got some of the best young players in Europe starting to blossom. And I think that the big managers look at United think this is going to be a great opportunity. So if Van Gaal does uh, retire um, in 2017, as he says, or leaves in 2017, I think it's going to be a nice opportunity. I think the thing you need to be aware of is all indications point to it being Ryan Giggs. That, but that's all coming from Van Gaal, and I'm not sure quite if Van Gaal's got the pulling power yet to be to no, I don't announcing who his no, 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 successor no, no. I is. I, I don't think that's come from him. I think that's I think that's what's been suggested within the club. Really? I think so. Oh. And and actually, I'll go out on a limb here. I'm one of the few people who's quite relaxed about that, to be honest. Really? Mm. Which Everyone like... says, oh, he's, he's not managed. Oh, he's not this. You know, Ryan Giggs is as near to a living legend as you're going to get. No yes. one knows the club better, other than Ferguson, than Ryan Giggs. You surround him with the right team of experience and, and um, long-standing coaches. I think he gets the United way. He gets what's required. I know he didn't do brilliantly in his four games, but let's be honest, he was thrown in unexpectedly. He just retired as a player. Yeah, and Moise was bummed. That must have been a bit difficult. But you saw he wanted to give you the chance. He wanted to attack. Now, it's not as simple as throwing the youngsters in and saying, go and score some goals. But if he gets two or three years under Van Gaal, if he does his badges, if he gets the right support, I'm actually quite relaxed about it. And I know I'll get shot down. Everyone will say, oh, we need Mourinho. Oh, we need this. No, I don't think we do. We need a United man. It's been a pleasure talking to you, mate. It's... Yeah, just, just in terms of uh, will we challenge, and uh, this will let people know when we've actually recorded this. Um, 83 minutes gone, Newcastle versus Chelsea, and Chelsea have just scored. Wow. However, they're already two behind, so it's 2-1 to Newcastle, would you believe? And that concludes this edition of the Manchester United Rumours.co.uk podcast. A special thanks I'd like to give out to AJH for coming on the podcast this week. And as always, if there's anyone that wishes to come on to talk about anything, please don't hesitate to drop me an email. Goodbye.